how are you now? <sighs> how are you now? Folks, the winning streak is over. Your Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 5-2 to two at home to the Dallas Stars. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Upsize and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I'm a little bit pissed off about that game, folks. Um, not because they lost. Honestly, I, I can handle losses. I've said it many times. I'm expecting them to lose a lot of games this season. It's just some of the things that happened in that game, particularly from an officiating standpoint. Uh, but we we will get to that. We will get to that. Let's do a little recap. You know, let's let's talk about the game before we start complaining about the game, right? At the very least, Drake, you, you, you gotta at least tell us what happened before you start bitching about the officials, right? Well, this one was honestly not that bad of a game for the Montreal Canadiens. Bit of a rough start in the first period. They were getting outshot. They were getting outchanced. It was uh, it was looking like Dallas might run away with this one, honestly. They, they were in full control of that game early on. Um, Habs got an early power play. It was negated by a Gallagher interference penalty. Uh, the 4-on-4 does a whole lot of nothing. Nothing going on there. But then uh, just an absolutely wild backhander by Joe Pavelski. Uh, once it turned into a Stars power play, of course, Gallagher taking the penalty later on. Once the Stars get out of the box, they have a power play. And just a wild backhander by Joe Pavelski. I mean, I wanted to be mad at Jake Allen for that one. Because when I first saw it, it looked like he was just not tight enough to his post. But then when I saw the replay, I was like, holy shit. Uh, Pavelski just elevated that puck in a split second. He had it in the top of the net. There was nothing that that Jake Allen could have done about that one. It was a beautiful shot. One nothing for the Stars. Late in the period, though, so as we get towards the end of it, uh, the Habs are getting better and better as that period goes on. You know, they're they're now starting to get better scoring chances of their own. Almost immediately after the Pavelski goal, they started getting way better. They just adjusted. I was impressed by it. I actually tweeted out. I said, you know, I've been seeing them make adjustments in between the first and the second period in games this season. I'm looking forward to see what they do going into the second period, but I didn't have to wait that long. Arbor Jacki, the fucking sheriff, joins the rush, makes a beautiful backhand saucer pass to Jake Evans. Jake Evans puts it on net. He gets stopped by Jake Ottinger, and the rebound goes directly to Mike Hoffman. He just taps that into the open net and it's 1-1 and that was the score at the end of one period the Montreal Canadiens largely dominated for the first half of the first period they're right in this thing going into the second we go into the second period however and 18 seconds in Joe Pavelski scores again Uh, an absolute bullshit shit show from the officials leads not only to Brendan Gallagher getting hurt Uh, but eventually to Jason Robertson getting a one-timer cross-ice pass, making it 3-1. to At this point, I don't even care about the game anymore. I'm just pissed off about the officials, and we'll get to that, you know, after I'm done with the recap. But it's 3-1, to and uh, however, Montreal, not done yet. Mike Hoffman gets an odd man chance, looking like the Habs are about to make it 3-2, to two, but he passes it to absolutely nobody. At this point, I'm screaming at my television. However, later in that period, Arbor Jack gets the puck at the point, does a little bit of a shimmy, cuts to his left, puts a snapper on through traffic, 
into the net. First NHL goal for the Sheriff, and it's 3-2. to two. The Habs are right back in this, but not long after that. Jack Eye hits Jamie Benn in the corner. Um, Jamie Benn throws a punch at him and then grabs a hold of him and holds him into the corner. A little bit ridiculous. Puck goes out to Essa Lindell. He scores, makes it 4-2. to two. Officiating just absolutely putrid in this game. Um, we go into the third period with the score 4-2. to two. Uh, Busted-ass play about seven minutes into the period. Puck's bouncing. Joe Pavelski manages to corral it, uh, puts the brakes on, sends Jordan Harris you know, sprawling into the boards uh, behind the net, and uh, he beats Jake Allen with the shot after that. Gets his hat trick, makes it 5-2. to two. Um, ugh. You know, I again, I can handle losses. And I think even if the officials did the, uh, the job to the best of their ability, I think the Habs were probably losing this game. So I want to preface what I'm going to say about the officials with that. I don't necessarily think that better officiating would have made the Habs win that game. But that being said, I want to go back first and foremost to that play right before the Jason Robertson goal. Brennan Gallagher steps on a stick coming into the zone, a stick that's sitting in the slot and goes flying into the end boards and hurts his knee. Clearly. That stick was sitting there because prior to that, there was a bit of a break for the Habs, and Nick Suzuki got slashed, and his stick came out of his hands, and they didn't bother to call the slash. So first of all, you missed the slash that you should have clearly called. They call that all the time in the NHL. You knock somebody's stick out, you break somebody's stick, they call it. All of a sudden, oh, it's not. Okay, well that stick just sits in the slot. The puck went all the way back into Montreal's zone for plenty of time. They could have very easily skated out there, taken the stick out of the way, and then it wouldn't have been a problem because guess what? Not too long afterwards, the puck the the, the stick, sorry, is still sitting in the slot in front of the Dallas Stars net. Evgeny Dadanov comes down on basically a breakaway and runs into the stick so it negates his breakaway and then Gallagher steps on it and goes flying into the end boards and gets hurt. Now, Gallagher did come back briefly and then he left the game, uh, but then he came back in the third period. So I think he's okay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up sitting out a couple of games as a result. I think this is not the season, for this, for sure this is not the season where you want to risk anybody's health over the sake of wins that don't really matter because at the end of the day, we know this team is probably not making the playoffs barring a miracle. Let's not risk anybody's health. But th- my, my point here is, the officials, number one, you missed a call. So the fucking reason that that stick is sitting there in the slot is because you missed a call in the first place. Number two, you had plenty of time to clear that stick out of there. And let's be clear. It was pointed out to me on Twitter as well by, by scouting the refs. Great account, actually. I really like the work that they do. Uh, they, they do a great job kind of pointing out mistakes that officials make. But they missed the point on this one when they replied to me on Twitter and they said, well, it's not their job to clear sticks during play. They can if there's an opportunity, but the focus is on the play itself. Well, guess the fuck what? Plenty of time for them to focus on the play and still get rid of that stick. It went all the way back into Montreal zone. There's a reason why you go with a four official system in professional hockey and at the higher levels of junior hockey as well. You have four officials because you need more eyes on the ice and you also need more bodies on the ice. A stick sitting like that in a dangerous high traffic area, you need to move that. I'm sorry. I know it's not your job description, but that's like if, you know, if if there were 
if there was a board with nails on it sitting in the parking lot and I'm the cart attendant at a grocery store and I walk past, I'm pushing my carts and I see a board with nails sticking out of it directly in a high traffic area where all of the customers from my grocery store are going to be driving through with their cars and I go, well, that board with nails sticking out of it is not my job and then somebody pops their tire and goes, what the fuck, Matt? You just walk past this and you just let that guy drive over it with his tires and I said, well, it's not my job. Who are we kidding here? It's it may not be a hundred percent your job from like a procedural standpoint, but it, it's an underrated courtesy that is offered by officials. You should have been moving that stick. You should have been moving that stick. And moreover, you should have been making the fucking penalty call in the first place because Nick Suzuki had a legitimate shot at goal there, and you guys took that away from him. So uh, this was some brutal officiating. Um, Again, I want to reiterate, I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to be like the, the ref screwed Montreal out of a win because I really don't think that they would have won the game anyways, right? It, Dallas did a really good job. They capitalized on the opportunities that they got. They got two power play goals, which is more than Montreal has in the entire season so far, and Montreal failed to capitalize on their power play opportunities. So in reality, you know, you look at the result of that game and, and, and I do think it's, it's probably a pretty fair result. I don't think the officiating was fair. I don't think the officiating was good. I think it was putrid. Uh, they missed a lot of penalties as well. I mean, they. I, I mentioned it earlier when I did the recap. Jack Eye goes in the corner and lands a clean hit on Jamie Ben. Jamie Ben throws a gloved punch at Jack Eye and then holds him while the puck gets kicked out to Essel and Dell. Um, I mean, you should have been calling a penalty on Ben for that attempted punch. The ref was standing right there. The puck was right there. There's no way you're not looking at it. You clearly saw it. You just decided that, I guess, because he missed with the punch that it's not a penalty. You take a swing at somebody in the middle of play, I think it's a penalty. Nine times out of ten. Whether you land it or not, it's the intent. And even if you don't agree with me on that, you know, the fact that he held on to him afterwards in the corner, I mean, you, you got to call that. <laughs> like, I don't know. As I, I didn't watch the, the Rocket game tonight, Laval Rocket, but uh, I also heard from my buddy Scott Matla that the officiating was pretty bad down the AHL too. So at least it's good to know that you know when you watch an NHL game and they've got some brutal officiating going on, that you're not the only one experiencing that. It's all over the place. They got an old boys club. They, they promote the people that they like. They don't promote the people that they don't like. And what, what you get is you get idiots like Tim Peel refing the NHL for like 20 years. You know, that guy sucked donkey dicks at officiating hockey. He was terrible. And now he's a wannabe insider on Twitter at this point and has 20,000 followers or whatever. Like, th- th- this, is, this is what happens in the NHL. They promote the people they want. They don't promote people the, the, they don't promote the people that they don't want. And you end up with some people who are just not very good at their jobs. And that's what we saw tonight. Um, again, I, I don't think it would have benefited the Habs if it was any better, but at the end of the day, it's one of my pet peeves is when I watch a game and I see it poorly officiated or I see them not doing their job properly or not doing their job you know, up to the standards that the NHL demands. Um, it, it bugs me. Anyways, <laughs> enough about the refs. I'm beyond sure that uh, you all don't want to hear me complain about the officials all night. Uh, we got to talk about it at least... As I've said before, this season's going to be about progress. Who can make some progress? Who can impress us a little bit? 
So silver lining of the night, guess what? I got to go right back to the sheriff. I got to go right back to Arbor Jacki. He was great in that game. Man, he not only got the goal, which again, that goal was a really good example of what he does well from the point. He actually is pretty shifty when he's carrying the puck at the point. Uh, He knows where to put the puck. He very rarely makes a mistake that sends an odd man rush the other way. Uh, I mean, the, the biggest mistakes in his game are usually undisciplined penalties. He doesn't serve up a pizza in the defensive zone to to give a a scoring chance against he doesn't lose the puck at the offensive blue line and in that game against the stars you saw what he can do at the offensive blue line he shimmied a little bit took a little snapper on net and the velocity that he got on that snapper is probably better than most of us could get on a slap shot let's be honest that was a great shot through traffic seeing eye and gets in this is what he can do. I, I really think the old regime managed to luck themselves into an absolute gem finding this kid. I mean, I don't know why some people slide through the draft when they shouldn't. Um, the, the coach of this very team, Martin Saint-Louis, nobody drafted him, and he's a Hall of Famer at this point. It's Scouting is an unexact, inexact science. Nobody is 100% sure who's going to be good and who's not. And I think Arbor Jacki was one of those guys that kind of fell into that category of, you know, he's a big body. Uh, he can fight. He can hit. But what else can he do? Because early in his junior career, he didn't score a whole lot. But throughout the course of his time in the OHL, he developed more of a scoring touch. And now we're starting to see that in the NHL. And he still maintains all that physicality, all that toughness, all that ability to fight. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. This kid could have a very long career with the Montreal Canadiens, and um, honestly, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of his. I I wrote my last article about him um, after the last game when he beat the brakes off of uh, Zach Cassian. Um, I'm I'm super impressed with this kid so far. I'm at the point now where last episode I said he's going to make it a tough decision to take him out of the lineup. I'm at the point now where I'm willing to say, don't take him out of the lineup, even once everybody's healthy. Keep him around. Now, that brings me to my next point. I was also very impressed with Caden Gooley in that game. He played a heck of a lot of minutes. Um, not all of them were sparkling, like fantastic minutes, but he had a very effective game. Transitionally, I mean, he had a great impact on transition. There was a few times where I saw him get the puck low in the defensive zone, spinning off of pressure and turning what looked like a dangerous play for the Stars into a breakout for the Montreal Canadiens. So again, as, as much as I want to say, don't take you know, Arbor Jacki out of the lineup, I, I got to say, you can't take Caden Gooley out of the lineup. I think he's their best defenseman right now. Tough, man. I mean, it's, it's good news in, in Montreal Canadiens land right now. You got two defensemen in those two that are doing fantastic. Jordan Harris, bit of a rough outing for him, in my opinion, um, but not 
not bad to the point where I'm saying, yes, yeah, send him down to Laval. Johnny Kovacevic, on the other hand, I feel like he needs to go down to Laval. He had a rough outing. He got lit up by Mason Marchment in the first period. Um, he had a few plays where he gave away the puck. Like He looked a little bit jumpy. And it's funny to me that the three rookies, again, looked like the best three defensemen. I don't think you can take any of those guys out of the lineup. I don't. Chris Weidman was there too. And Chris Weidman, he's not been bad, but I didn't notice him. I, I, I did not notice him once in that game. The three rookies, Jackeye, Gooley, and Harris, those are the guys that for me stood out on the blue line. And take from that what you will. You could say that's a bad sign. You could say, well, you know, it's not a very good thing if Montreal Canadiens, if they're three best defensemen right now, are guys who have barely played in the NHL. I think it's a great thing because this is a rebuilding team. It doesn't matter. We're not trying to win the Stanley Cup this season. We're not going to. So we need to be looking to the future, and those guys are the future. So it's great news for me that I see them standing out versus seeing some of the older guys standing out. Up front, you know, Mike Hoffman. <laughs> oh, Mike Hoffman. He scores a goal, right? But he scores a goal that, you know, anybody who's standing in that position probably scores that goal. Not a very difficult one to score. But you got to give it to him. He was in the right position, and he did score. Now, the problem is Mike Hoffman giveth, and Mike Hoffman taketh away. I mentioned during the recap, they had a chance, right? A chance that could have got them back into that game. And Mike Hoffman passes it to absolutely nobody. Well, if he looked to his left, he would have seen that Nick Suzuki was right there. And not only was he right there, but he had his stick way up in the air calling for that one-timer. That would have been a great pass. Instead of passing it to nobody and hitting the boards, pass it to Nick Suzuki and give him the shot. Or, even if you don't see Nick Suzuki there, why not just take the shot yourself? That's the one single best weapon that you have is your shot. And you refuse to use it and you pass it to nobody. You do a blind pass to absolutely nobody instead of shooting or passing to your wide open centerman right beside you. I, I got to hope that that goal and maybe a couple of more goals that'll come at some point in whatever facet of the game can make him tradable because his salary for this year and next year is what, $4.5 million? They can't have him around anymore. It's, it's, this experiment's got to come to an end. It's easily the worst contract that Marc Bergevin left this team with. And they got to figure out a way to move on from that contract. Um, again, yeah, he scored that goal. Um, yeah, you got to give him credit in the right place. Yeah, he did put it in the back of the net. But you know, are you are you a positive member of this team at this point? I don't think so. I think they got to move on. Aside from that, everybody was reasonably good, not spectacular. I mean, I liked Nick Suzuki in the game. I liked Cole Caulfield. I think they had chances, but the the Stars are just really good defensively. They get into shooting lanes. They really make it difficult for you to get scoring chances. And even if you do, um, Ottinger is a fantastic young goaltender. Um, really impressed with that kid. 
I think the Stars are, are setting up for really big things. They could be a real threat in the Western Conference as early as this season, uh, if not within the next couple of years. Um, so not a surprise that Montreal lost to them. And um, I'm, I'm not going to hang my head. I'm, I'm not going to be too upset about it. I was upset about the officiating, as I already discussed in great detail. Uh, but, you know, on to the next one. Habs are 3-3. Three and three. We expected them to lose at least three games this season, did we not? So let's not be too surprised about it. I'm going to cut it off there because we're already running over 20 minutes, which, which happens when I get a little bit passionately upset about officiating. Um, so um, I would say that it is a uh, soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify and Google Play. Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, of course, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.